We're going all over the timeline. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Left and right. Back in time. Up and down. Other ways in time. What is time? Who knows? Alternate realities. It doesn't even matter. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm a time wizard. No, you're not. Your name is Justin, first of all. Second of all, you don't know time, wizard. You don't know what I do in my spare time. Time. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, hey. What's up, everybody? We're here. We're talking about some comics. Let me tell you what they are. First, we're talking about X-Men Unlimited, the Infinity Comic number 88. Then for our technically tangies, but we don't have them as tangies, we'll tell you about that later. It's in the news. We've got Storm number one, Bishop War College number four, and New Mutants Lethal Legion number three. Wow, that's such a light stack of comics. It is It is a quite light stack. Made even lighter by their pure digital form. Mmm, sad. But before we can get into them, we, n- we must tell you all the things that we're hinting towards in the news. Ooh, the news. It's the news. It's the news. And you got to read the news or the news will be right to you. News. Wow, news. <laughs> hey, so I don't know if you all heard or saw news reports of a delivery accident. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a trucking accident taking the comics from the printer to Diamond's distribution center. So I, I don't know specific details, but it caused the truck to lose its payload of delivery. And all of those were either destroyed or inevitably sent back to the printer. So I believe it's affected most of the East Coast. This truck was going to a distribution center that would then go out to various states and shops within them. Unclear as to when the books might be coming in. Potentially next week, potentially the week after. Uh, Sorry for anything that has happened in said accident and anybody affected. Sorry for anybody who does not have their physical books. Just sorry in general. It's sad to hear. And, and, you know, it's just a very real human element of the industry that we love. Right, right. So, you know, I don't believe anyone was seriously injured. So that's good. And, you know, first and foremost, everyone's safe and okay. So that's what's most important. And we do have other resources to get our books. Because I got to have them. I got to have them. them. Chris, he was, you know, bless his heart. He messaged me back and forth in the morning on Wednesday. He's like, "Uh, you know, I don't have Marvel books, right? Like, yeah, I saw. (laughs) In the back of my mind, I was like, I'm still getting them, though. (laughs) Sorry, Chris. I'm going to buy them. I'm going to buy the physical books when they come in because I want the physical books in my collection. But I need to read them. I told Alicia explicitly Ugh. I would not be buying The Excellent twice because I got to buy them twice, right? I'm buying them on Comixology, which also creates a separation that I don't like because now they're in my Comixology app versus right. my Marvel Unlimited app, seeing as they would have been in my Marvel app, but then now they've been moved to Marvel Unlimited. It's a whole, it's a whole snafu. It's a whole thing. But so we won't be covering The Excellent on today's show. Um, However... What do you mean, um? Well. What do you mean, well? We did get some wonderful insight into the excellent from our friend Daniel at Comic Extracts. Well, that's awesome. Thanks, Daniel. So maybe we will talk a little bit about it. But that doesn't mean we're not going to talk about it when we have the book in our hands. Rats. Rats. He goes, rats. (laughs) No, I need to read it and do it justice, okay? 
the you think you and Daniel could plot against me and you could just skip over it? Yes. Not today, Satan. <laughs> hey, speaking of Satan. <laughs> The her- what a transition. The heralds of apocalypse. I mean, death is one of his children, right? Mm-hmm. We got a preview and some insight into the one shot that's coming up, I believe in July, from Al Ewing. Oh, gosh. And and just the art pages that we got. The snapshots from the details of the fact that we're going back to before Okara was split with some... Exciting. historical knowledge of what life was like on the island. Every time you think you know what's up, Marvel, you don't know what's up with Marvel. Yeah, they drop some new knowledge on you. We're going in the past. I, I love the image of Apocalypse meditating oh over... Oh my God, floating. Yeah, so good. Just floating over the bones of his enemies. Very dark child of you, Apocalypse. Yeah. Luca Pizzari is the artist on the one shot, and I, just, I love this image. I... If I was just the one that could change uh, the profile image to something, you know, like this might be one of the things that I would do. I I don't do that. I like (laughs) pictures of myself and or pictures of us on social medias. But that one got me thinking. Ooh. MCU news. Oh. You know your boy, Tony? My boy, Tony? You know that guy, Tony Stark? (laughs) You know your best friend, Tony Stark and Tony? It's been 15 years. (laughs) <laughs> it's been 15 years since Iron Man number one premiered. And to celebrate, Kevin Feige and John Favreau sat down for a little little chat. A little heart to heart with Mr. Downey Jr.? No, no, no. With each other. Oh, with each other. He just about Robert. He was he was in conversation, but he wasn't actually there. He wasn't there. We're just going to sit and talk about you in honor of your anniversary as well, Iron Man. Well, it, it, and it was more about just John Favreau and his contributions mm. to like laying the groundwork essentially for what became the marvel universe yeah which is having crazy. the foresight to put in some potential easter eggs and to build the other characters in there and to have nick fury appear in the the post-credit scene mm. it was really interesting conversation especially if you like that i'm a big you know special features guy i love i love a special features the interview commentary i love talking that there was this one time i timed watching infinity war on tv with watching it on netflix and included the audio commentary on the one on the tv so that i could watch infinity war but then if i wanted the audio commentary i could put it up and if i didn't i could mute it and i could still watch it so it was timed completely it was the best it was the best viewing experience ever that reminds me of the insanity of something i just saw on the internet where someone had a giant tv screen and they were watching every spider-man movie at the exact same time all together at once in preparation for the spider-verse wow yeah that's crazy yeah hey it's time for personal news personal news oh did you do your homework of course i did do you want me to go first to yeah. prove it? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I after you said that yet uh, last episode, I'm sitting there thinking, all right, all right, so so she's not listening to anything that I'm saying. She's just nodding her head, <laughs> thinking about what she's going to no, say. Because I... in the metaphor of how you would do that in class, that's what I would do too. And I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's talking. I'm not gonna do- listen. I need to prep. And finish up what I need to do. Let anyway. me tell you a, a secret. Um, neurodivergent people can listen and think about something else at the same time. Wow. So that's my superpower, okay? I can sh- focus on you and me together. You, you sure you can drop all that knowledge at once uh, and not need any of it later on? Yes. All right. So my personal news. This past Monday was my birthday. And 
<sighs> Justin got me some some pretty awesome things, okay? So I was gifted the gloriousness of Elvis Presley's first album, which if you know me and you know my dad, then you know that I love Elvis. And then I also received Hogwarts Legacy, which I'm super pumped to play, but I'm having some motion sickness problems. I'm not big on video games, and I'm just getting into them, and I... Well, especially this is the first game that you've played that has the two-stick yeah, coordination, just, the, the head movement and the body movement, and it's, it's fully in 3D space. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need a minute to get adjusted, but I also was gifted... A freaking Tamagotchi, okay? Justin got me a little Jurassic Park Tamagotchi. I was not prepared for the reaction on this. He he was like, I think I should have had you open this one last. I didn't. I also didn't know how excited I would be to get a Tamagotchi until I got a Tamagotchi. I literally almost cried. I was so happy. I had so many Tamagotchis, y'all, when I was a kid. I took such serious care of them. This Tamagotchi is now part of my key ring. Whenever it makes a noise, I stop whatever I'm doing. Your mom heard the noise yes. yesterday, and it was... It sounded like it was triggering for her she, in that she knew, like, oh, my God, what was that? Yeah, I got, I got in the car with my mom. We were going out to breakfast, and it went, like, boodaloop. And she was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, that's a Tamagotchi. And she was like, I thought so. <laughs> oh, that's great. It was amazing. So there you go. Boom. Personal news. Tamagotchi. He pooped pop, pop, this pop. morning. I already cleaned it up. Pop, pop, pop. And I fed him, and I played a game. What's your personal news, sir? Well, I have, I have two short Ooh, ones. What, two? Two short ones. Okay. Because I couldn't decide which one, and I, I really like them both. Uh-huh. So I, I've been reading this book. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear, and it's about habit formation and habit breaking. And the chapter that I'm on is about identity-based habits. So the things that you do basically make you who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been playing video games a lot more lately. And even saying to people, well, I'm not really, I'm not a gamer, but <laughs> I, I've been playing this game or I've been playing this game. And so immediately when I got home from work the other day, I started playing Jedi Survivor on PS5. And then a couple hours later, I started watching the PlayStation celebration announcement where they release new footage for the new Spider-Man game. Sounds like a Spider gamer Man to 2. me. So I, I recognized on my walk on Wednesday or Thursday, it was Thursday, I, I I think I'm a gamer now. I think I'm starting to identify as a gamer. New gamer era? Yeah, a new gamer era. I, I mean, I was in like middle school into high school, big gamer. Mm -hmm. And then in college, I kind of minored in Smash Brothers. I minored? Yeah, you did. I don't know. That might have been a second major. Probably. I was really great, though, let me tell you. But now, having the Switch and the PS5 and awesome great games have really jumped in on this new, oh, yeah, I, I, I play games. I play games every now and then, mm -hmm. which is cool. I also <laughs> was struggling with the fact that I identify as someone who skips to bring it back to last week. You do, though. And I know where it comes from. I remembered where it comes from. Oh, snap. Where? When I was in high school, I used to do this jumping program. So it was like a series of exercises to increase your vertical leap. Oh. You know, because you because basketball, basketball, volleyball, big guy wants to be better. But one of the exercises was basically a one legged skipping motion. Oh, and I, and I loved it. I, I, now I'm going on tangents, but I pitched this at disc golf the other day and I was like, what, what are you guys opinion on skipping? How does everybody feel about skipping? <laughs> Which is how I bring up things. I had said that about grilled cheeses a couple weeks ago, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Tim was like, I mean, it's the most efficient 
way of getting anywhere. That's accurate. And then Andy was like, you can't be mad when you skip. See, your friends get you. I, I loved it. Uh, the other bit of news was I got a number of boxes of free comics oh, yeah. from a fellow improviser. She said at practice, she was like, uh, hey, Justin, if I had a couple boxes of old Marvel comics, would you want them? I was like, shh, 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 say shush, less. Shush, you just give them to Where me. do I get them? How? I started going through the first box last night. It has a run of Avengers and New Avengers, both by Hickman. I've not read either of them, and now I have the first seven or so issues of each title, as well as the first appearance of Carnage, Ooh. first three issues of that arc, and a story of Spider-Man versus the Juggernaut. These issues alone made the entire pickup worth it. I mean, it was free, so yeah. But... So always worth it. Free yeah. for me, baby. Good news. Good news. You ready for polling news? I am so ready. Poll news, poll news. I'm not going to lie to you. I have not a single clue about this one, but I'm going to do my best. Actually, I well, have a clue. You got two You got two entries, right? It's a coin toss. Who's okay. it going to be? Is it New Mutants or Bishop? It's New Mutants. It is. That's right. As it should be. What's the percent? Mm, 76%. Oh, no. 52%. 53. <laughs> All right. You know, second no, shot. No, no. No, no. They did not take it that way. That wide of a margin, but almost almost a half and half, 53 to 47. Mm. Fair split. Pretty close, pretty close. Yeah. We have more general questions slash more just, most of them are... Thoughts and feelings? Yeah. Well, most of them are like, I'm not submitting questions because these books are crap. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, that's generalizing, but... Well, first up, Captain Two Michael wants to know, which mutant would you have a drink with? For me, it's Snowbird, as I have a crush on her. Well. Who would you have a drink with, Alicia? Magic. Magic? Hands down. Hands down? We would have a ball together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, in my heart, I want to know, well, I, I go three ways. Oh. Nightcrawler, because he's my favorite. And okay. I just want to I just want to get to know him First and hang of all, out. Let me, let me just say something. Yeah. Okay. I just gave a single answer because that's what we were asked to do. Sure. Now, you're going to go off and do this whole, well, in this scenario, and in this scenario, and that's unfair. Sure. Okay, go ahead. Nightcrawler, because gonna he's do your it. favorite. Forge, because I just want to pick his brain mm. and know stuff. And Gambit, just because we would shut the bar down and destroy everything. Gambit and Rogue, I feel like, would be a, a great double date and hangout. Yeah, that'd be real fun. So say Rogue, and we'll hang out with Gambit and Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say it because you want me to say it. Well, say it, say it as your second option because you get that now because I said so. I get three options, actually. So I'd say magic because we would have a grand old time. Rogue because Justin made me say it. And... VCs, Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> and Doug because he could tell me what everybody is saying no matter who they are. Hmm. Barusu33, going way back into the catalog, listening to old episodes, they have a Chimera combination for Ooh, us. Oh, so cool. Forge, Emma, and Mystique. Oh, oh. Right? Just thinking about that as a combo. Mm. Right? The diamond, the brain, the manipulated look. Yeah. Telepathy. Yeah. Blonde China said, when's the good stuff back with some snoozing emojis? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. And Warline said, call me when a better week comes up. I may binge Storm when it's done. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So that tells you some of our folks that contribute uh, questions did not have questions this week. Yeah. I mean, it was an interesting week. 
That's it was a week of comics. Yeah. Interesting is a, a word. It's a word. Hey, let's talk about X-Men Unlimited. Let's talk about it. And just the the descent of Nature Girl and how I I just want Armageddon Girl to die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I hate I, feeling that way. I know. It's pretty I, terrible. I, but essentially, Square it she's, she's dropping her little genus bubbles on everybody there. There's like a really sad panel where someone's like, no, I don't want to change. I have kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like all devolving. The X-Men show up. Nature Girl is freaking pissed. And then she's like, you guys are the problem. How did you even get here? I do love the moment where Jean kind of like takes all the bubbles and throws them up into the atmosphere and is like, try harder, nature girl. And then it's like, oh, well, you shouldn't have said that, Jean. Yeah. She's super mad at Gwen for taking off her side blocker. She goes into this like crazy connection rage with all of the animals and living things and natural gas and all of these things. She ends up killing Armageddon Man and transforming transforming into what she now calls armageddon girl and it's teeing us up for hopefully her demise i mean we have one more issue so we'll see what we see yeah Uh, i just i feel like every time for the last few arcs of x-men green we start and it's fine and i'm like oh okay i remember this they crazy (laughs) ha 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 nature girl (laughs) And then three issues in, I'm like, please kill this girl. Please get this comic off my tablet. Yeah. Yeah, just I think we all have gotten to the place where Nature Girl... She's, she's more she's, she's more gone. upsetting than Beast, right. personally. Oh, you know, no. I, but I'm actually interested in what Beast is doing, is the, the counterpoint. Yeah, okay. You're just like over her. And we know it. We know she's she's gone too far. We know that she's been cursed by curse. Will she be resurrected and kind of given a, a second chance? Who knows? But right now, this version of Nature Girl, Armageddon Girl, whatever you want to call her, she must be stopped. And I'm ready for that. Me too. Written by Steve Orlando, art by Emilio Lasso, colorist Rachel Rosenberg, letters Josephino. BC Josephino. X Men Toy Photography said Infinity Comic is genuinely the best of the week's releases, others were a little flat. Mm. And I I agree on the second part. Uh, honestly, the, the, the week felt flat. I really liked New Mutants, though. I liked it, yes. Especially, I, I liked it as much as I've been enjoying New Mutants, which has gone back and forth. And I thought that it did, a, and I don't want to get too far into it because we're going to talk about it, but I felt like the others were, ah, bad, bad, bad. <laughs> J.A. Arbach author is excited for the green finale and what is going to happen to Nature Girl after. I mean, that is the question. Right. Is what kind of Krakoan justice, which should be a great law comic, Krakoan justice. What kind of justice will she or, or consequences will she face? Well, I feel... There's a growing knowledge. Like everybody knows that she's acting the way that she's acting because of the way that curses of powers affected her. And so I feel it's sort of a disservice to just punish her. I mean, yes, she needs to be punished, but if they do like kill her, take her down and resurrect her and reset her, like, I don't know, is that terrible? Like No. It's kind of like, do you wanna be 
Because jailed forever, we know the pit doesn't work. Or do you want to be restored to the way you were before you had this curse and be given a second chance? I, the number two, at least with some, you, you want to rehabilitate, right? right? And that that's the whole vibe and especially what they were gave curse the option. And so the fact that Nature Girl is only this way because of curse's curse makes it feel like you have to do something that is non-destructive to the character, mm -hmm. even though she's been pretty much destroyed through this process. How can you reset her to a point that you can recognize Lindley again? Right. Because it's, it's like, is she herself or is she the product of this curse? And how much can you hold her accountable for her actions? That's an interesting question, too, to know like about Curse's power and... Is there, once curse sets you up with a curse and that starts taking effect on you. Is it forever? Do you have the ability to shake that, to go back, to change? Or is that sort of like you're doomed now and it doesn't matter what you do? Yeah. Hey, Alicia and Justin. Here's a quick recap of the excellent number three. Zeitgeist is trying to ascend to godhood by gaining enough followers online. He has this robot named Docs that is angry with him, but still has to follow his every order and is preparing to attack ecstatics by releasing their secrets online. Mr. Sensitive and Miles are very upset when they see Excellent attacking on Hollywood Boulevard, so they teleport in, and during the combat, Docs releases all of their secrets. In shame, the ecstatics flees and the excellent returns to their mansion where Toodle Pip and Mirror Girl are met by Docs and they all prepare to assassinate Zeitgeist. But Mirror Girl betrays Toodle Pip, Zeitgeist kills Toodle Pip, and kills they prepare it. to finish off the ecstatics once <gasps> and for all. Docs shows a bit of sentience here. There are sort of two things that stand out to me from the story. One is that we've learned a key character detail about Mirror Girl, which is that she has crises of faith sometimes and people get hurt. And that's exactly what happens at the end of the issue. It's not that surprising that she flees back to Zeitgeist um, because that's kind of part of her character. The second thing that really stands out to me is how the art, uh, which is always very vibrant and bright, always is mixed also with violence. So you're sort of forced to think about how the portrayal of things is also masking this deeper darker thing mm. um, what's so interesting about ecstatics is they care a lot about what other people think about them but zeitgeist doesn't he only cares about himself and achieving power but he uses what other people think about themselves to manipulate them into gaining his power and so it'll be interesting to see how they move forward with this dynamic I think the reason I love this story and the ex ecstatics books in general is they really force us to confront how do we see ourselves? Are we a monster underneath but portraying something different on the surface? Are we just trying to manipulate how other people see themselves to um, gain power for ourselves? Or are we going out of our way to show others love even when they're not showing them uh, uh, us their best selves? So I think there's something really powerful about some of the metaphors that are uh, being sort of talked about under the under the surface in Excellent. Um, and a lot of these have been woven throughout Ecstatic's history as well. It's a, it's a lot of the same sort of in, in that vein. But yeah, uh, I would love to hear what y'all think about it. Uh, if you get a chance to, to read it, let me know. Daniel, I got to say that your recap and thoughts made me 
more interested in the excellent than I have ever been in this series. Yeah. Just because like that was that was concise to the point. Some great thinking takeaways. Some some really. Like, I just feel like normally I'm just upset. You're just like boo this book. I also feel like when you mentioned earlier that you two had some thoughts back and forth. I thought we were going to get like little points, but hearing like a full on recap and breakdown does make me say, okay, maybe we don't need to revisit it because Daniel did a great job of, of providing that for everybody. Oh, I'm- When issue five comes out, we do... Like a both. A both, yeah. But um, how dare you kill Tootlepip? Yeah. You freaking jerk. Which, which yeah, which just makes me even more angry at Zeitgeist. When I... When... It was getting to that where they were like, then they're going to kill Zeitgeist. I was like, yeah, let's go. Unite. Let's kick him down. And then sadness. Sadness. Ultimate sadness. And I'm also interested to see where Docs goes and how he can sort of put an end to Zeitgeist's ridiculousness. Yeah. Interesting. Sounds like a classic episode of The Excellent. I do like... The thoughts about it sort of mirroring masking and the idea of like what people present as their outward persona versus who they actually are. You know, we talk a lot about social me- the social media presence in reference to the excellent, but it also is very true um, what Daniel's saying about just your, your in-person presence and mm-hmm. what you're sort of presenting yourself to to everyone as versus what's actually in your heart or how you're presenting yourself, but what your actual intentions are. Mm-hmm. You know, like, are you presenting in one way, but it's because you're out to get something else? Or is it because you're just trying really hard to fit in? Those are all really relatable and kind of connectable elements. So yeah, it's a cool addition to the story. It is. Are we ready to talk about Storm? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about it. What about this amazing cover? It is a great cover. Badass team shot flying in behind their captain. Yeah, it's a dope team shot for sure. Shall we? Yay! Are we doing a Are we doing a page by page or a either one? High I level. Think we can do a high level on this. All right, we'll still give it a page turn noise. Even though it's digital, even though it's high level. Oh, man. What was the page turn digital noise? I don't know. Something like... (laughs) (laughs) But no, we need a real one. Right into a title page. Immediate title page. Storm. Blowback. Part one. Windrider. That one's mine. Yeah, well, you said title page, so... Okay, go ahead. Do it. Part one. Windrider. (laughs) Written by Anne Nascenti, art by Sid Catan, colors Andrew Dollhouse, letters Ariana Maher. This is Ariana Maher. I've never heard of Andrew Dollhouse before. Also, mm. his name is fun to say. Dollhouse. Um, I, honestly, I'm going to say it at the beginning. Some of the art in this issue really hit me in a, in a weird way. Mm. I loved Sid Catan's take on the Gambit and Roe miniseries. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like some of the faces specifically are rushed here. And I, I just need to say it because there are two panels specifically that I'm going to call out when we get to those pages. But yeah, I I felt that way, too. I was like, I think I know this art. I think I like this art. But there were a couple that felt kind of jarring to me. This Brotherhood versus X-Men matchup is really good. 
this is what I felt about this book. I felt like this book was saying, hey, remember the comics you used to like and you used to read and if you're a person who's not into Krakoa because it's not that's the comics that for. you love. Yeah, that's like, what this kind of storytelling is for. We're though. back. Yeah. We're doing it for you over here. That's all the Legends MO. And to have these miniseries set, you know, it's Patch, it's Gambit and Row, it's Extreme X-Men for a different flavor, you know? And yeah. especially to have Anne Nascenti, who is a classic ex-writer and who collaborated with Claremont so closely as mm-hmm. his editor for a decent amount of time and, and then a writer herself in her own right. I, I just feel like this is building out interesting ways to complement the current Krakoan era. The fact that we're seeding more resentment between Storm and Xavier. You know, mm-hmm. we have those panels of exchange where her leadership is being undercut by him yeah, basically asserting command. Right, right, exactly. Which I thought was really interesting. But this matchups as you have Avalanche and Storm, Wolverine and Blob with a little assist from Kitty, Colossus versus Pyro, the lighting him up mm-hmm. with Storm helping out to cool him off, Rogue and Mystique, Nightcrawler and Destiny. It's a lot of great action on all these panels and pages. Rogue v. Mystique was interesting to me because I don't know why Mystique felt she needed to turn into Rogue. Like what? Is, what is right. that doing? I'll show you a mirror of yourself. Look what you've become. Mind games. That's Mystique's whole thing. Yeah. But the first panel that I was like, what is this? Is the bottom right of that page where Rogue is looking up at Storm. Yeah. What? She deserved that. And just, it's the angular nose. It's the, the teeth. It's just the big eyes. I mean, I'm, I'm not an artist, especially right. to this level. So I can't really say anything, but this just, this pulled me out. Yeah, I would agree. We get some insight after the fight from Mystique that this was all for show, that they wanted the X-Men to fight. Yeah, you did your X-Men thing just like you always do. Our boss paid for this battle and we lost on purpose. Meh, meh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sure, guys. Sure you did. You've never beaten us before, but yeah, go off. (laughs) Watch your back, Wind Rider. Yeah. As they leave. And Xavier taps in and they go over a little post- game report card going through each of the teammates how they did wolverine is like the sage advisor throughout this issue which i really like and is kind of the role that he plays during this time during the comics Mm -hmm. is you know he he's a bajillion years old he's experienced right he's the samurai he's the the war captain you know he's, he's been all these things but he defers to Storm. Right. She is the leader. He's going to offer his two cents here and there to right. get or leave it. Yeah, but he is the ultimate right-hand man I in just, that. I just want to, before we dig into like everybody's feelings about the mission itself, I just really want to take a moment to talk about the ridiculousness of Xavier <laughs> Pumping iron. in his 80s workout attire. With his shawl over his legs just, in case they get cold. pumping... Pumping the biceps over here uh, you know, with a sweatband on his head while my, he's criticizing. My upper body is so warm and swole, but my legs are so chilly. My legs are so cold. Yeah, we go through, you know, the, the big thing is Kitty and the fact that she deliberately disobeyed me. You Simba, <laughs> you <laughs> yes. deliberately disobeyed me. And she's going off for a very real reason and a very connected reason to the comics. Like this, this is at a point where... Storm has gone through this mohawk transformation, this punk transformation. She has kind of been awoken by Yuriko in Japan Mm -hmm. to a new side of herself 
getting further and further further away from the goddess persona and kitty who was best friends slash a surrogate mother daughter relationship with storm at this point doesn't know where they fall which i thought was a really interesting thing to capitalize on in this point in the comics and to really make the heart of this issue that struggle is i I don't recognize you anymore this was such a part of me being part of this family right and now i don't know where anything falls it's 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 kind of like when someone goes through a big transition, someone that you feel close with and they don't let you in on What's that going thing on that's mind? happening, right. you're like, well, why are you shutting me out? Like, what has changed? You've taken on this whole new persona and I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about you anymore. Yeah. And you expect me to just listen to you and do what you say and trust you, but I don't feel like the trust in our relationship is mutual because you don't trust me to tell me what's going on with you. Yeah. These two pages, these storm recap pages, stylized with the the swirling callbacks. Mm-hmm. These are probably my two favorite pages of the issues, if not that that first opening panel as everybody's squaring off. But storm, give them the afternoon off. Go to the beach, hang out. I'm gonna do my own thing underwater and have a very scary experience. Yeah. Well, okay. First, I want to talk about. People say stuff about Kitty and Colossus. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, right? right? Okay. I was like, oh, you know. It's kind of you, endearing. You think of them in, in Krakoan terms. You're like, is it that uncomfortable? Because, you know, Kitty is Kate now, whatever. But like. When she's a child. In particular yes. instance, like seeing her be all like angsty and pouty and yeah. then run over and get a hug from, from Colossus. I was like. older uh, Russian boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, it was always kind of uncomfortable especially when it was unclear as to how old colossus was but it was very in your face about how young kitty was but i, I don't know well it's it, okay because she's gonna not stay with him for too long right now and she's gonna go shop it with rogue so sure but the whole underwater pull that really shakes storm shakes her sense of self understandably so because she doesn't know is she doing this with her power is there something going on has she lost control but she loses all of her swagger and everybody notices it as she's coming out. Yeah. This shifted mood all around. Aurora out of the ocean, but also this nasty group of humans about to ruin their beach party and just kind of talk trash to Nightcrawler because of his blue fur, except for this one girl really into it. Sorry, miss. I'm kind of entangled with my foster sister. (laughs) Yikes. In that process, there's a tidal wave coming and Storm sort of saves some people by creating a rift, which is going to come back to haunt her later because how did this mysterious hole in the wave happen? Sure. I think the the play up of the amount of angst from Kitty is a real narrative focus, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I said it before, this friendship that she's starting to form with Rogue is cool to see and kind of... Oh, well, if Storm's going to rebel, I'm going to rebel with Rogue because she's already crazy. She's already doing wild stuff. So let's go. The the call out of the motorcycle. I had shared the variant cover of Storm on the motorcycle by Torian Clark. And it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that, you know, this is Rogue right out of her villain era she's just starting to be a hero so 
she still has that villainous edge that Kitty wants to sort of latch on to. So we're seeing that. And then we're seeing Storm with this like sort of rediscovery of herself. She needs to go out on her own. She needs to just take a breath. And and she's going to make a, a motorcycle pal hmm. in the process. Yeah, who like immediate odd vibes as to how cool and interesting and exactly the type of person that Storm wants this guy to be. I, I don't know. I was curious. Is he the villain? Yeah, a little skeptical. Yeah. yeah. But back at the mansion, we have the worst tattoo ever as Kitty and Rogue return back and get ripped apart by Storm. Yeah, why did she literally just have three different versions of Ariel tattooed on her? Well, because they were one at, on each arm and one on her neck. Like, they were why? at Mermaid World. That's where they were, the park that they were at. Storm's mo- so mad about these tattoos. You get them removed immediately. Sure, right? Because well, and she still feels like she has that motherish figure stance to Kitty. Also, did Kitty get cornrows? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like she did, and I'm not so sure about that as a choice. Right. No, not at all. Oh, and then stupid Charles just steps in and says, Kitty, go to your room. This this image on the next page of his head, just the biggest head I've ever seen Charles Xavier have, is so ridiculous. It's perfect. It's so ridiculous. It's so much larger than it should. It just feels like it's busting out of the panel. And that's how he feels. Like I'm busting into your life. Rogue, Me and my big head. Rogue and Kitty don't care at all as they're sneering to each other. Eh, we told him. We told them we're in charge. Haha, <laughs> my turn to get spanked. <laughs> Shut up, Rogue. Shut up, Rogue. But keep going because it's great. <laughs> as Storm heads off and we kind of get this, this what, you know, hero trying to do good things but making everything worse as clearly a villain looking character you know skull decrepit body yeah what is this thing billowing red cape he's like oh no i'll be your savior i'll help you this is around when i kind of lost interest in the issue i'm not gonna lie i mean it's right at the end and you don't know who this guy is i don't know who this guy is and neither does storm but some cool visuals here as they're fighting in the sky storm flying off i do like the lightning crashing into the boat and lighting things on fire the Mm -hmm. humans scared of her i thought this was a really interesting point about optics and you know who is doing well for themselves or well for the people i think that could be threaded throughout and we're left with this end page this preview of number two as storm squares off against do we have a name for this guy or is i don't think so i will help (laughs) Eh, and that's it that's it. Here's here's my overall thought. There were just too many things in the issue to fully keep my attention. Like I found myself reading it and sort of drifting off and then coming back and going, oh shoot, I wasn't really fully paying attention. I think the story is interesting to sort of see Storm in this position. And I'm definitely intrigued as to like who this villain is. You know, like we're seeing Storm sort of battling her inner demons, trying to sort out this new version of herself, find her place as a leader of this team. But she's also dealing with Charles undermining her. Then she's got whatever Mystique is up to, slash whoever Mystique's boss is, and the battle with the Brotherhood, and Wolverine giving her advice, Rogue going through the journey of going from villain to hero. Colossus is working out some stuff. Kitty's got some angst. There's Kitty and Rogue's, like, I was just like, what? There's like two pages, every two pages, 
something new is happening. And I didn't feel like I, I just wasn't invested in the story. And I, I've been so into these sort of legend stories and, and really liked them. And I was really excited about this and I felt kind of bored if I'm being honest. That's, that's really interesting. And I'm, I'm trying to wonder why maybe it's because there are so many dynamics being introduced that you're largely unfamiliar with at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And that's why I felt so connected to this issue. Like Mm -hmm. I narratively, I really enjoyed this issue. The art was the only thing that I had a problem with. I I just thought this was a great time in Storm's character where she has the punk look, but hasn't lost her powers yet. I absolutely love this team and this era and, and have read repeatedly all of these issues around this time but especially the dynamic that's caused between the two and to know okay at this point it's rogue really just joining the team wolverine kind of emotionally in a weird place after what happened with mariko storm going through a change what happened with mariko like what are we talking about he got left at the altar and what they were going to get married that's rough. Right. And, and so I have all this contextual knowledge mm-hmm. in my head and it's being brought up and connected to through this issue. So I don't feel that disconnect. But at the same time, I feel like it's fueling my interest even further. Yeah, I think that that's what it is. It's that in in previous storylines where they're giving you this nugget of time. You don't need much. You don't need to know what else is happening in the the issues surrounding it to enjoy the story. And I felt a little bit here like I couldn't fully connect to it because I don't know the things that they're like referring to the that happened in previous issues or like off the cuff comments about, oh, well, you learned this from so and so. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Why am I connected to that? And so I felt that because I didn't have those connections, I kept kind of like wandering away. Sure. From the story and then coming back and being like, oh, I'm supposed to be invested in this. Are, are we going to read a classic Uncanny issue or two? I don't know. Maybe. I think that might be worthwhile. We'll see. It's the two issues after the Wolverine series where we have the supposed wedding of Wolverine and Mariko and Storm gets her punk rock look. And it's by Paul Smith. Win, win, win. I'm excited. You're excited. We'll see how I feel. Bruce 33 doesn't understand why Kitty's tattoos are an issue when they don't even wear masks. And I think it's from a from a hero secret identity. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also connected to Storm's maternal instincts over Kitty and her just getting defied. Right. But she moment. she specifically calls out like you're a superhero and those are identifying markers. Sure, like sure. so is your freaking mohawk and your white <laughs> hair storm. Yeah, like, I guess. You know, and, and whenever she gets that lightning tattoo on her head, you know, like they're a scar. Yeah. Right. It's a really good point of saying they're not trying to hide their identity. Yeah. You know, so like Rogue's got a white stripe in her hair and Colossus is made of metal and Xavier's got a big old head. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's interesting. It feels like she's using that as an excuse to really just be upset that Kitty is speaking out against her. But Basically, yeah. I don't know. You're not letting Kitty in on your transformation and she's an angsty teen, so what is she gonna do but do the same thing to Mirror you? Mirror it and throw it back at you, which right. I feel like is really insightful on their relationship and also the dynamics of people at that age and where they would be trying to mm-hmm. navigate what's going on. 
Vitorino said, it's interesting how we're retroactively adding Storm's resentment of Xavier, which I thought was cool, right? You're kind of, it was always there, but very subtle. Right. But to time it to, you know, it just feels like this is still in communication with Krakoa. Right. Uh, yeah. He said, pretty interesting use of retcon to be able to seed that in to her inner thoughts. Well, I think, too, what we're seeing is through that, that two-page spread that was pulling from previous issues, we got reference to the places where it was subtly already there in the yep. past. And so now I feel less of a retcon and more of an expansion on an idea. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. Building it out. Right. You ready for War College? Yeah, let's let's talk about that, Bishop. Bish. Get it started with that cover. It was really interesting in contrast to Lethal Legion. I don't know that I noticed the two covers side by side before, but just this fallen people all around, the the lifting up by the villain on Lethal Legion and the carrying of the hero in War College. It's just kind of interesting side by side. Mm. Big fall of X vibes on both covers. Yeah, for it just sure. feels like oh, they're mutants. just leading up to just death and destruction all around. Yeah, just get you prepared for the tears because everybody going to die. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Page turn noise. <laughs> Little realm of X lead in, perhaps. Ooh. I don't know the fact that magic is trying to find the War College. Hey guys, the comic started. Where are you? Yeah, where's everyone? <laughs> Yo, Daddy, we got problems. Yeah, which I, I'm I'm excited about this. And then big old data page. Where the Tucker Clinic is defining their place in the world of Earth-63. We're not here for mutant destruction. We're here to help mutants. And we're not here to out mutants. We're here to help mutants. And we're not necessarily going to send them to Xavier. But like, if they want to go there, it's yeah, cool. Yeah, they, they're just They're an alternate choice than Xavier's, right? Mm-hmm. We are working with people in an altruistic way to help themselves. But we also get mentioned that Blightswill is in this earth. Right, but we've been using this thing. can be used for the removal of the X-Gene. And we're, then, we, then we jump right back into the battle where we left off in the, the last the issue. The Human Liberation Front. And we get names as to who everybody is. Tony Stark. Yo, Tony Stark. Phalong. Trask. Moira. Moira. And Moira's over here, Death to Mutants. Yeah. I love this exchange between the bishops and how our bishop is just like, hey, man, do the thing that we're here to do. I've never done it. I've been working in an office my whole life. Just do it. Fight back. I have to do this. I was raised in this. I'm not you. But you can be. Pull that guy up. And then he's like, I've never used my powers before. I've never used it on anybody before. In comes the rest of the Earth 63 team. Kind of crazy designs. The hair is going everywhere, especially Wolverine's hair. Oh, yeah. I like that Wolverine's claws seem extra long in this, much, this earth. Much longer than his forearm, which, you know, if you're thinking about where they go when they're retracted, it makes you wonder if they're popping out the other side of his elbow. Eee. As the fight continues, we square off. Moira has a bomb inside of her, and we go to white with a reference to Heather. Dun, dun, dun. But you don't get to know what happens yet because it's a title page. Extra credit. Final exam. Written by Jay Haltham. Pencils 
by Sean Damien Hill on the Earth-63 side with inks by Victor Nava on Earth-63, Alberto Fochi handling the art on Krakoa, Espen Grundinger coloring the whole thing with Travis Lanham on letters. BC's Travis Lanham. Ken Lashley and Juan <laughs> Fernandez on the cover. That was beautiful. Thank you. It was just very nice. Ooh, we got some. Group chat from Orcus. Fenris, right? They're literal Nazis and they're the worst. Nobody likes them. Not even the bad guys that hire them for their dirty work. But they're like, listen, we got to do it. Just mind your P's and Q's. Are Let they, me do my thing. Are they even successful at being evil? Have they ever done the thing right? No, but, you know, we have backup plans. Backup plans on backup plans. We still have the Blight's Will to infect Krakoa, to infect the pit, to infect some of the mutants in their own house. Which I think is an interesting counterpoint by Moira. It's like, hey, even if it doesn't work completely, it still work. Yeah, she's basically saying like, listen, I'm I'm just using them. Yeah. Let me do my thing. Please yeah, yeah. mind your business. Stop micromanaging. As our war college class plus wrong slide, which yeah, that's yes. a great addition. Loving, and, loving it. Yeah, it looks like he's been reading Guardians of the Galaxy though. <laughs> he is forming into a Groot like the Groot. Yeah, the Groot of the group. Yeah. They're planning and observing Amas and Cam and trying to figure out how, how do we get them out. As... And they discover if they get the bracelets that the Fenris twins are wearing, which I wonder, like, do they just pass two bracelets around or do they magically end up all with bracelets somehow? I don't know. I think that they only use the bracelets on surgeon armor. Yeah. So they, they get the bracelets so that they can regain their powers and... In this process of of plotting, the twins are just like, listen, we're so close. We're almost there. Just Just go for it. Get through the pit. Let's go. And there's sort of this dual thing that's happening where the team is freeing each other and starting to regain their powers while the drill is still going. So they're not really stopping the action from happening. Which is, you know, they're getting caught up in the battle from the Fenris twins and it finally breaks free, breaks into the pit. Oh, no. And that's all we know. Dun, dun, dun. Because we go back to Earth-63 in the whiteness of frozen time as no one has died. Everyone's being stopped from death by Heather. T-t-t-tempo? I knew it. She was our tempo all along. Which is interesting because where's their tempo? Sure. Maybe and, she had died or, or maybe she's locked up somewhere. I don't well, know. yeah, because it's like basically she's saying, no, I came here and I thought that I could make a difference. I thought that I could save my father this time around. So then I have many questions. Where is the current tempo? Because this team was like, no, we're going to go see Heather. She's not a mutant in our world. So they know that she existed. They didn't reference her as dead. And did she go back in time when she arrived? Right, was like, she there from the how, start? Exactly. How long has she been? Has in this... this tempo been here? Because time, her powers are time. Sure. So like, has she always been here? Right. Is at, she as... the daughter? Like, was she raised yeah. in this now just because of how her powers flung her back? Very confusing time travel shenanigans. But really interesting and compelling reasoning from Heather trying to save her father, trying to spend time. Because he does die in the 616 in... One of her early appearances, we learn about that in the, the Tucker Clinic. Mm-hmm. So to have this tied to her story is really interesting. Yes. She just wants more time with her father, but... Bishop it, is not... But, but then the issue ends, so what? I don't know. Well, because she uses her power again 
in a locked point of time and this unleashes potentially another traveling change that hopefully brings the two stories together because next issue permanent record how many education puns can we have all of them all of them and it will be our final issue of this miniseries one more left to time together i still somewhat enjoy the separate stories and i thought that they were really well balanced in this issue compared to previous issues in terms of new reveals and the fights and exchanges it felt a little light overall i remember being disappointed after first finishing it i thought the heather twist was great the students defeating fenris is cool mystery of the pit all good like it just felt a little slow and and flat i remember feeling at the end of the issue i just really both now as we were going through it and when i read it when it ended i was like wait what that's the end of it what even happened like it was very light in what happened right it like started to build up its momentum like okay we're gonna give you the issue no just just kidding we're just teeing up the ending we're just teeing up what's gonna happen next issue you know i think the point of making that we know about the bracelets we know what that Orcus is is really not caring what happens to the Fenris twins. We we've opened the pit, so yep. we're gonna now see what happens, and hopefully Tempo and Bishop are going back to the six one six or into a third reality. But with only one issue left, you really hope that they they tie it together. And and is there some like why mention Blitzwell in sure in this other Earth if it's not somehow going to it's going to be relate and are we taking this whole other team with us like who was involved in tempo's little time explosion but it's interesting because blightswill comes from other world right mm. it comes from a, a realm of other worlds other world exists at a center point of connection to all other outside realities of right that yeah of so one particular reality it exists outside of the 616 outside of 63 interested in how that connection how they get to blights will right that's just more of a general question than i have vaderino said it was dot 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 fine i didn't hate it but it just didn't it just doesn't feel like the book is fully cohesive we're getting two separate stories still mm-hmm. but where's the payoff which i felt like is, is exactly what you've been feeling yes. for the last couple of issues and i was fine with the separate stories and i, I enjoyed this one as much as i've enjoyed the other ones, which is kind of schmedium. But I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Are we only going to get to that connective payoff in this final issue? Right. That's that's kind of the thing for me is is I get having two separate stories, but I feel there needs to be more of a draw or a tie together of them. And I don't feel it happening. Like, I just wonder how much of a payoff is it going to be? How epic is the connection of these two worlds if if we're not getting it until the last issue? Sure, yeah. You know, what? or what is this story sort of a springboard for? Like, what is what it going to, to set fall? up, right? Yeah. Because if that's well, the thing... It sounds like it's going to let Sinister out. <laughs> because they don't know... Even the, the questions uh, in the back and forth... No. If Sabretooth wasn't in there, wouldn't we know? Sinister's the only one in there. At least to our knowledge. So is uh, it going to let Sinister no. out? Which is huge. You can't put Sinister. You can't. You can't put Blightswell and Sinister. That's not good. Well, he's not a mutant. He only has Thunderbird's mutant power. Oh, uh, but he's still going to be affected by it. Yeah, I'm maybe. Sure. We'll see. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, but that's not in the book. That's in your mind. Yeah, well, it's canon now in my head. <laughs> 
I was talking back and forth with 1407 Graham Alkin, and he wanted something more connected to Bishop's history from this story. I don't think he's been reading it, but we were talking about it. <laughs> he was like, is Bishop War College worth picking up? And I said, eh, because <laughs> mm. that's just how I feel about it. I, It's not bad. It's not great. It's yeah. Eh, it's good. Yeah. Ish. I, I was more excited about it in the beginning and I've become yeah. more disappointed with it because I just don't feel like it's going anywhere. Like, and it's not delivering on the excitement of the war college aspect, right. which was the thing that I wanted from this as a story. Like, I don't, aside from the... The first issue training, you know? No, aside from the reveal of Earth-63 having Blightswill and us knowing that this is our tempo. Like, I don't feel like anything really happened in this issue to move the story forward. So... I think that the, the moves forward were very slow and in real time. And that's why it feels mm. like not a lot happened. But there were things that happened in each yeah. of the two stories. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Our final book, our book of the week, our, oh. our almost 50-50 split, but still book of the week. New Mutants, Lethal Legion, number three. Here we go. Here we go. Book of the week. Book of the week. The New Mutants. Lethal Legion. Classic cover trope of the dead team littered around. I, I love this. Nefario actually looking like a badass. And yeah. I've never felt that otherwise. He's a genuine <laughs> nut, but I've not felt scared of him. He's kooky. Yeah. He's fun. He's a fun bad guy. And so on that, we page turn noise. <laughs> New mutants actually having some new mutants, not new, new, new mutants. Then the, the doody doo doos, but the regulars. Swan's millionaire status gets divulged to her girlfriend. Ooh. Former millionaire status. Used to be rich, but then I pulled a Robin Hood on him. Give him back. Giving it back. As Gabby, scout, thrown through the window. Yeah, they're like, let's go see if the kids are inside. Pa pow. Gabby on the floor. Prepare to die, X Men. She's very upset. She still is yelling, give them back, because she wants her claws back. She wants back. her claws back. I mean, what is she without her claws? Just a sassy little spunk ball. Yeah, and she's very angry about it, and I love it. I just love her anger. As we go inside to find our duo finding the score, the thing that they were potentially looking for. They don't even know they what they were looking for. They didn't know what they were looking they for. They just wanted to infiltrate... The bad guys and like, steal some stuff. We're going to steal something. We don't know what. But then Sarah Bell is like, oh, this is a big thing we're going to steal. This is why you don't rob supervillains. Because they got stuff. Meanwhile, Escapade's still giving Skullbuster the business. <laughs> and we get to our title page. Part three. Old Wounds, Old Weapons. Written by Charlie Jane Anders. Pencils by Enid Balam. Inks by Elizabeth D'Amico. Colors, Matt Miller. Letters, Travis Lanham. PCs, Travis Lanham. Yavi Fernandez and Matthew Wilson on the cover. Ooh. Oh, goodness gravy. Count Nefaria strikes. He's so upset. He's, you damn kids, get off my lawn. Get away from me, you stupid mutants. That's you ruined my it. party. Yeah, this, I was just trying to have a nice time. Galora, Scoop and Scout. I mean, uh, Fisticus. Yeah, yeah, be careful. <laughs> Don't reveal their their true identities. As they return inside, getting the claws, never leave me again. I love Gabby kissing her claws. And finding this very unique decor. We can work with this. Oh, hold on. 
<laughs> Danny's like, oh, I love this moment. Yeah, yeah. Hold, please. I have a phone call. It's more important than you monologuing. You're not a serious villain. Just take a pause for a moment. You've I gotta never check been. I got to check in with my girl, Rain. Rain, what's up? Where you at? Well, the sewer team is Beatrice is named and and we get the the promise of a robot perhaps but so we we talked about this last issue how this creature that beatrice is in count the count's home is there is a there. beheaded yeah. version and right. it's like as soon as this creature hears his voice on the other line yeah is is triggered and wants to run away and rain is like what's going on with right, you, right, friend? Right. why are you so upset and That's they're a good like connection call uh, because i'm terrified of that guy this guy killed my family he's the worst so yeah how do we get to our friends well remember that robot in the basement yeah nefario <laughs> nefario is angry just going off is it nefaria it's I feel, in my notes i go from nefario to nefaria nefarious <laughs> Nefarious. Nefariano. Defer- Nefariamos. Nefarion, if there's... Neferita. <laughs> we'll give him many names. Nefaria. He's just... All right. Get off my lawn. Booby traps everywhere. Uh, my acid sprinklers will come for you. My my evil darts in the bedroom. Wall spikes. You know, classic villain stuff. As Danny tries to use her power to bring the fear out of Count Nefaria... It only just fuels him more. You know, you've just you've just spurned me up. You've got yeah, me going. You get me all riled up. But I do like her call out of like I used to be really afraid of this part of my power. Yeah. But now That's good character I'm work. excited to use yeah, it against you. Yeah. Own it. <laughs> just th- this issue jumps around a lot, which I think is a little, you know, you want to say in contrast to the storm issue. You know where everybody's coming from in all these jumps, right? You know right. all this; these dynamics have been building, so it's probably not overwhelming. It's still a little jumbled, I think. It's oh. still the pacing is a little chaotic, but I don't mind it. I think that that's perfect for the issue, though, because because sure, it's a build. because it's an epic battle. Like you're thrown yeah, yeah. in the middle, and you want to know, like, what's happening over here? What's happening over here? Is this team gonna make it? Are are Rain and Morgan gonna get to them in time? What's going on? Like, I feel like it builds the energy of the issue for it to be going because all of these things are leading up to the same moment. Sure, sure. And of course, the the J. Jonah robot has to, <laughs> has to assume we're talking about Spider Man. All right, as we get our little cross cuts from everyone, the the sewer bot. As we're talking about the Morlock tunnels, which I really loved this narrative overlay from these check-ins, from the fights, from th- this idea of all the, the things that have been used against us, the, the burdens, the narrative of not being able to live where you are, being hunted in the tunnels, being hunted, carrying the burdens of the past. Mm-hmm. It, it's just It brings a lot thematically up that has been woven throughout the issues and then connects it to the X-Men history as a whole. Yeah, I thought it was really great. Sarabella and Escapade as the the interior duo running into this hedonistic unicorn with cosmic awareness. This guy's crazy. Yeah, he is. It just nothing he's matters. He's called a unicorn because he's a giant like laser beam that shoots out of his forehead. <laughs> I guess there's no name tags, so who even knows? He has realized that nothing matters. It's all yeah. about Living for what feels good right now. Nothing matters in the end. We're all going to be destroyed. So what I want to do is blast you with my unicorn mm-hmm. laser. Mm-hmm. 
and that's fun for me. And and uh, now we're getting a convergence. Yeah, the of sewer the team. Teams. The sewer team has arrived. The the interior stealing duo skirts away from these blasts left and right, and we get a data page, some insight, a draft email that shall never be sent. Maybe, hopefully, who knows? I don't know. I think this is nice. It's touching, and also, I, I just I felt really connected to Sheila in this moment mm. with. Just this feeling of trying to trying to make people laugh or trying to, you know, have that be your thing or how you bring value to a conversation. Yeah. And, and wanting to diffuse situations, but then almost having it felt as a detriment to her relationships. Right. And it comes after she's in a serious moment with Martha and she Not everything has to be a joke, right? Right. And then she's like, Well, okay. You don't know anything don't know. does like, have to be a joke. This is my coping mechanism, yeah, essentially. Yeah. This is who I am. And I also can really I'm relate. A, I'm a Spider-Man type guy. <laughs> I can also really relate to the idea that you like write this thing. You 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 want to get your feelings out. You put them all out. And then you go, oh, no, this is. This is just for me. This is not to be sent. This is a journal that I wrote in my email box. Maybe copy and paste that. Take it out of your drafts just in case. Just, or at least delete the email address in the two box. Yeah. Don't get it all queued up to go. As we really do mix everything together, the, the Count versus Danny, the, this fear in Galora and Gabby's eyes as they come up with the slow ball special. Oh, the slow ball special. <laughs> we were just talking about how... Yeah, right? it doesn't have to be. It, it could be, be anybody in the fastball special. Right, and then to have a complete twist on it the next week. I thought this was cool. Yes, super fun. You're about to be a discount. I love Gabby. Gabby is <laughs> the best. Gabby so Gabby much. Gabby is the best. Slice. And uh, ooh, the tension is building. Right. Between well, Morgan and Escapade. Escapade's super excited to see Morgan recounting all of the things that they've been up to. And, and Morgan is just kind of upset. And just, hmm, you, you did a heist without me. You went off and did things. What's happening with our dynamic, our relationship, as Count Nefaria picks up the pieces, calls in the big guns. Someone... Right, so the team is like, okay, we did it. Let's all get in the car and get out of here. We're going to go. I, I loved this page in the car as all the other new movements are like, well, Danny, I mean, we did this stuff all the time. Yes. This is exactly what we right. did. And we used to steal things and we we stole the king egg very recently. Yeah. And Dan, but Danny's trying to be like, nah, we just went to parties. Like, right, right. we didn't like go no. break into supervillain. Nah, Danny. Incorrect. Y'all were rabble rousing forever and always. And it's That's... kind of like that idea of, you know, like if you were a terrible child or like a tricky child, yeah. then your children will then do to you worse yeah. than you did to your parents. And you just got to admire it. You know, wow, yeah. oh, to be good young. Job. Right, to be young and stupid. I remember those days. And that's essentially <laughs> what they're saying. Like, come on. Yeah, this was, this sucked. But at the same time, like, can we you fault read, them? You read volume one of New Mutants, Danny. You, come you on. You know what we used to do. The, the joy in Rain's face as she's recounting. But then they're like, well, it's okay. Let's just go home to Krakoa. And uh -huh. Martha's like, oh, we can't do that. We kind of have this crazy, big, unstable, terrible thing. Uranus weapon in this box, which I thought was a really interesting tie to a Krakoan era element. 
we get the data page on the weird engine mm. and what it does, this destabilizing atoms and shifting from one dimension to another. Really heavy stuff that yeah. I'm not sure what could happen with it. Literally anything, I think. Yeah. So Morgan's building us something. Right. We're not sure what it is, but it's a device built up from multiple villains past technology. So give them a minute. Yeah. I, to I get do. it together. We skipped over it, uh, but I, I love when Galora meets Herbert, and they're just like, "Oh my God, you're perfect!" And I love your little wings. And they're just <laughs> flying off, off, off each other. It's so great. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're they're trying to figure out. Okay, so we're gonna build this thing. We can't go back to Krakoa. Counterfire is probably tracking us. Where is he going to go next? Right in front of you. But we, in, before he arrives, we do find that there is a future ex expo in New York that was connected to this evil item of sorts. So yeah. maybe there's more to our story here, but we have to take a pause because the Lethal Legion has arrived. They've arrived with their newest recruit, Moonstone. Who is a character previously? I feel as though I've heard of them before, but I mean, maybe. very briefly. Yeah, I don't think so. When I was a lad, our next penultimate issue. Dun dun dun. Are we I'm getting upset. a Count Nefaria backstory in this? Maybe. That sounds cool. That'd be dope. Why is he the way that he is? Why are you upset? Because I really like this book, and it's going to be over soon. Yeah, and I don't see Charlie Jane Anders on anything currently announced. And I'm. I'm loving the writing of this book. Yeah. I love the character dynamics. I love the humor. I think the pacing is great. The energy is great. And I really love the art. This is by far one of my favorite books that's going right now. Oh, wow. And I get really excited every time it's here. This was hands down my book of the week. I could have read this issue three times. And I never say that. Oh, well, I read it twice. So boom. So there you go. There you go. I thought it was fun all around. It was the payoff of our three separate stories, setting them up to come together and combine. And I thought it was a, a good juggling on Charlie Jane's part mm. of the different stories weaving. Uh, I, I do enjoy the art, especially this last page as our lethal legion sets in front of us, ready to fight. Count Nefaria, you know, he's never looked so cool. Yeah, because I, here's the thing. I love Krakoa, and I love the interwoven drama of Krakoa and what's happening with the Fall of X and all of the mystery and all of that. But what I really like about this book is this is what I feel is the future of Mar of X-Men comics sure. once Krakoa, once the fall happens. It's the that... Antics of a side team, Right. This is like they exist within the universe. They are related to Krakoa. They can go back to it, whatever, but... We're able to just get a fun story without the all of the crazy on top of it. Like yeah, this yeah. is this is fun. I've I've been really drawn to the New Mutants as a as a group since the start. You yeah. you first introduced them to me in you know my ex education. The and, Demon Bear. Yeah, I like the Demon Bear saga. I like the idea of this like Storm and Ilyana miniseries. Yeah, right? just just the team and the the. They, I think the thing is that. They have a mentor, but their mentor isn't the one who is forcing their experiences. They're learning through their own experience and their own mistakes hmm. in a way that I don't see others doing. Right? Right? We're not also we're not dealing with like a lot of younger mutants and other things. But yeah. I'm a huge fan of Danny. I'm a huge fan of Gabby. I really like Escapade and what's going on with their story. 
I just I find this book very enjoyable and I'm always happy to read it. Well, it sounds like you might be interested in the new mutants in general. I am. Oh, good. Good. Oh, good. That justifies purchasing a book that I wanted. Oh, excellent. <laughs> the smile on your face right now. I just bought it. <laughs> Already done. Maddie Bond says, I want to love New Mutants, but it was just so weirdly paced. It's hard to get a grip on what people are feeling. Oh, interesting. And I I felt that as I was going through the pages to have these, these it, it, it felt a little jumbled when I was going through it the first time. But when I was going through the second time, it felt like that added to the cacophony of the energy and to the building together of the story. So mm. I get that it's not generally how you, you pace a story. You do have a little bit more delineation, separation between the arcs, even as they're coming to build together. But I can see how that might be jarring for some. Yeah, I mean, I think in the previous issues, there was more of that. We're going to focus in on what each individual group is doing and give a few pages at a time. But then I felt like this was the culmination of all of that. And yeah. so it was intentionally paced in that sort of chaotic, like you think about it in terms of a movie, right? Like if this was a cinematic experience, you've gotten your your first act of really digging into what everybody's doing. And now this is like your epic battle montage where things are happening back and forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Vaderino's feeling like a lot happened between issues that we didn't see. I get it, economy of pages and such, but it was kind of a bummer. I enjoyed the OG New Mutants being badass mentors, but wish we could see more of that in this book. And I don't know what uh, what what Vaderino was feeling was missed. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, in our last issue, we know that Morgan and Wolfsbane had become basically become friends with this creature and had called Danny and said, hey, Danny, what are you doing? And the, Danny was like, listen, we have to find... Yeah, the movement of the OG New Mutants is probably the big jump, is like them going and arriving and, and being there. Uh, but the chaos even in the Count's Right, home we left right happening. off on that. Basically, Gabby yeah, yeah, yeah. was about to fight. She went to pull her claws and then she couldn't. Right, I, Martha I, was already in the basement. Yep. I 100% agree about the OG New Mutants being in the book and having Mm. that role. And I feel like that has been a successful element of the New Mutants story over the last few arcs, having them be this mentor role for a new generation of mutants to be able to have. And sometimes when it's completely separated, it doesn't feel like that, you know? Uh, but th- I thought that that was probably one of the, the stronger parts of it that I really enjoyed, kind of bringing together our two sides of the team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I liked, definitely liked seeing the OGs kind of have a role in the actual action instead of just being on the side wondering what was going on. Yeah. That's it? That was great. I mean, New Mutants was great. The rest of the week was pretty good. <laughs> it was there. What we got coming next week? Uh, that's my question to you. Oh, yeah? Tell well, me the answer. X-23, Deadly Regenesis number three. Oh, okay. Deadpool number seven. Oh, what's going to happen? Captain Britain number four. Ooh. You know, you want to talk about the, the weeks. And I feel like this this week and next week, I, I feel similar about. They're going to be books. They're going to be books. You can't, But you have to have that. You can't have every sure, sure. all the time. I'm just saying that as a global, like... We all, as a community, need to 
understand pacing and understand that we can't have and it's a self-reminder I just, too i just right? want it i just yeah, want it you give it to me can't, you can't have it up there all the time because if it's up there all the time then when it's up there it's not like there's no stake raising there's no excitement it, then it, that's just going to become flat and then you're going to need and expect for like it to be even better than that and then we're putting I like need, impossible expectations on creators i need immortal one week red another week x-men the third week well yeah that would be good if they they spread out the you know the money books but <laughs> the money books <laughs> also coming out next week is amazing spider-man number 26 right oh. so the one that we talked about last week mm-hmm. the teasing of what will happen there was an interesting reveal about like where that leak came from we, oh, we talked with, about it with um ms marvel ms marvel yeah and so someone that works at marvel leaked it to this youtube page why because they felt it was a disservice to the character for this to happen essentially unannounced in an offhand way oh, in a so way that they were pissed. they were and i love the reasoning as to why they did it because evolution because if you think about miss marvel fans who i mean kamala has been in the book right very lightly she's mm-hmm. an intern at oscorp and to have this very big thing even if it's only going to happen for a couple months i was talking to maddie mkm about just how it, it felt rushed and poorly handled that's what they said and it's interesting how it ties into the upcoming movie, and and yeah. you know, it's it's really just to get eyeballs on a Miss Marvel book that's going to come out to right. hype the upcoming movie. But I can totally understand the idea that like if you're going to kill a character and you're not going to do it in their title, that's a little bit of a disservice Intense. to the fans who read that title and and care for that character. Like, right. imagine being a Kamala Khan fan finding out this happened after the book comes out. And then that being like, now I have to scramble to get this. Now I have to seek out fallen friend when it comes out. Right. I thought that was a really good idea. But, and this is a, you know, side talk. Yeah. Justice for Kamala. Krakoan justice. (laughs) Tuesdays this fall. On NBC. ABC. ABC. Owned by Disney. All right, fine. (laughs) Uh, That's it. That's all we got. All right, well, we had fun, so I hope you had fun, too. (laughs) Goodbye. No, come on. Until next time, old friend. Goodbye, Charles. Get out of my life. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.